Would you join with me this morning in opening up God's word? We're going to be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 21. And if you need a Bible, you'll find the black church Bibles at the end of the pews. And you'll find our reading on page 1163. That's reading 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 to 21, page 1163 in the Church Bibles. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Easter changes everything. Easter changes everything. You know, because Jesus is risen from the dead, that means everything that he said is true. And because Jesus is risen from the grave, that means everything that he did is true. So I want to ask a question this morning, and it goes a little bit like this. Why is Easter so? And by so, I mean so. Why is Easter so important? Why Why is the resurrection of Jesus the game changer, that center point in history? Why is it so important? Special. Now I'm going to point you to a verse. It's, if you're on goal this week, you'll know the memory verse was 2 Corinthians from verse 17 to verse 20. But the very next verse, Paul writes something really, really special. And it goes like this. God made him who had no sin, okay, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God. I want to think about that a little bit. So the first three words, God made him. Okay, who's the him? The him is Jesus. Okay, okay, so God made Jesus. And what do we know about Jesus from this verse? Well, he had no sin. Okay, Jesus had no sin. What did Jesus do then? He became sin for us. Now, I want to think about that a little bit because... I don't know about you, but when I look inside of my own heart and my own mind, I don't see that I'm without sin like Jesus. Because there have been times in my life where I have said hurtful things, where I have thought hurtful thoughts, and have done things that I wish I hadn't have done. You see, I look inside of my own heart and my own mind, maybe you do too, and to tell you the truth, we're not like Jesus and without sin. We're the opposite. We're sinful. But what does this verse say? God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for who? For us. So hang on a second. The one person in history who had no sin became sin for us. 
So, so the one person who lived the life that we can't live was the one who took our sin. You know when we have, uh, we say hurtful words to other people. Jesus never did that. When we think hurtful thoughts about other people or ourselves, Jesus never did that. And when we do selfish things and hurt other people, Jesus never did that. Jesus wasn't like me. Jesus wasn't like you. He had no sin, and yet he was made to be sin. But why? Let's finish off the verse. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So so the one person, Jesus, who had no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Now, see what Paul is saying here. The one person who had no sin became sin so that the people who have sin can become the righteousness of God, can be forgiven, can have Jesus' righteousness. And that's what we celebrate on Good Friday, don't we? On Good Friday, we remember and celebrate the story of how Jesus went to the cross, not as a normal person, but as the Son of God, to take our sin, our mess, and our mistakes on his shoulders, to pay the punishment that we deserved. Why? So that we can be forgiven. Paul is saying that Jesus is our substitute, that Jesus is the one who stood in our place, that Jesus is the one who took our sin. Why? So that we can be forgiven and we can have his blessings, his righteousness. And because Jesus rose again from the dead, that means that everything he said was true. Because Jesus rose from the dead and is living, is resurrected, That means everything that he did is true. Jesus is our substitute. I want to show you a picture of someone. Anybody knows who this is? Shout it out. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Of course it is. He's the manager of Manchester United. And he was famous as a player for Manchester United as well. He had two nicknames. The first one was the baby-faced assassin. The other nickname he had was the super sub. That was because Alex Ferguson, his manager, would throw him on towards the end of the game because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could do what the other players couldn't. He could come onto the pitch and score a goal and win the game. There were many occasions where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was brought on late in the game. The other players couldn't do it, but he could, and he would just score a hat full of goals, and it would be, it would, Man United would win the game then. But there was one night he was famous for being a super sub. It was an evening in May. In 1999, Manchester United versus Bayern Munich. Bayern, and it was a Champions League final. Bayern Munich had gone 1-0 up. It didn't look good for Manchester United. And it was now stoppage time. The 90 minutes were up. There were really only a few seconds left in the game. But what had the manager done? He'd throw, thrown on Ole, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Can you do it, Ole? Let's see. So what happened again? In towards Michael, it's comfort to White York. Cleared, Geeks with a shot, Sheringham! Oh. Yeah. Beckham, into Sheringham, and so
Champions of Europe again. And nobody will ever win a European Cup final more dramatically than this. Oh, devastation for Bayern Munich. But who scored that winning goal? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He was sent on as a substitute. Why? To do what the rest of the team couldn't do and win the game. Paul tells us in that verse we just read that Jesus came into our world to do the very thing that we couldn't do. To live the perfect life. And then what does he do? He takes our sin upon himself. He pays for it so that we can go free. So that we can be forgiven. You know, because Jesus is risen, because he's alive today, that means everything he said was true. And because Jesus is risen, that means everything he did was true. So that means Jesus wasn't just any normal person. He was without sin, and he is our substitute. Easter changes everything. I want to bring this down to earth just a little bit more for you guys this morning to show you how Easter changes everything with three key points right here. How does Easter change things? It means we can belong to God. It means we can belong to him. You know, if Jesus is risen, that means there is a salvation on offer for you and me. Because Jesus is risen, that means we can belong to God. In our memory verse this week on God, we got to hear about how we could belong to God. And it was a gift from him. That God has been drawing us back to himself in Jesus so that we can belong to him. And you know what? If we belong to God, that means that he gets to tell us who we are. You know, we live in a world today where we are being told all kinds of different messages about who we are. All kinds of different people say, you need to look this way, and if you don't look like that, then you're not going to be worth anything. And you need to drive that car, you need to have that house, uh, you need to have those friends, oh, and you need that income and that job. And if you don't have it, you're not going to amount to anything. Maybe there is someone in your life who puts you under that kind of a pressure. If you're not going to do what I tell you, and if you're going to listen to what I'm saying, then you won't be at anybody. You're a nobody. But what the gospel tells us is that if we can belong to God, then he gets to say who we are. He gets to define us. And what does Easter proclaim over us today? That God loves us. And that we're, if we're in Jesus Christ, we're accepted. With an untouchable kind of acceptance. Because Jesus is risen, it means we can belong to God. Secondly, What Easter means is that there is no more guilt. Some of us in this room this morning are walking around with a heavy load of guilt. It's it's so heavy you feel like you can barely carry it any longer. You look back and you say, I wish I hadn't have done that thing. Uh, uh, that, That thing just seems to echo away. It just haunts me every single day. Loads of people walk around with a burden that is so heavy of guilt. You know what Easter means? Easter means that Jesus is risen. If Jesus was risen, then he's our substitute. And if he's our substitute, then before God, there is no more guilt. Now granted, we have to live with the consequences of some of the things we've done. And sometimes that takes a long time to heal over and work through. But as far as God is concerned and what he says over you, because Jesus is risen, there is no more guilt. Romans says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Lastly, if Jesus is risen, we have an untouchable hope. We put our hope in all kinds of different things, don't we? We hope for a better situation at work, and it may never come, who knows. We hope to win that jackpot. We hope to be free from illness. 
We hope that relationship might just get figured out. We have hopes for our children. We have hopes for our retirement. And we know with all of those hopes, we might get them, but then we might lose them as quickly as we got them in the first place. Why? Because most of the things we hope for are touchable. They they can be lost. But if Jesus is risen from the dead, if he's resurrected, and we say that he is risen this morning, then that means there is, we have an untouchable hope. A hope that's beyond this life. A hope that's beyond the end of our lives. A hope that's beyond this world. A hope that clings a hold of us, so that when we go through some of the hardest things that life can throw at us, it cannot be touched, and it cannot be taken, and it cannot be shaken. Jesus is risen from the dead, and that means an untouchable hope is on offer. I wonder if any, anyone saw the news on Monday evening and saw the horror of Notre Dame Cathedral on fire. Maybe you saw it on Tuesday morning as some of the pictures were emerging. I don't know about you, but I looked at that and I thought, oh, this is, this is awful. A piece of history is just going up in smoke. Fortunately, the fire crews were able to extinguish a lot of it and save a lot of the building. But there was a lot still ruined. Some of the pictures were emerging on Tuesday morning. The roof had been completely destroyed. It was burnt and fallen down onto the pews below. But a few hours after the fire was extinguished, Some French officials were allowed in to go and look at the damage, along with President Macron and a few journalists. And one journalist goes in with his camera, and he sticks his camera above the people, zooms into the front of the church, and just takes a picture. And here's the picture that he took. In the middle of the debris, in the middle of the burnt-out church, there was this gold-shining cross picking up a bit of the morning sunlight and was illuminating the front of this historic cathedral. I don't know about you, but I think that's quite a powerful symbol at the beginning of Easter week. A powerful symbol for the rest of the world to see. We have an untouchable hope. It may seem like everything around you is crashed down. It may seem like everything has burned up and the dust is still settling. It may feel like an absolute mess some days. But because Jesus is risen, that means we have an untouchable hope that in the middle of the messes and the strains and the pains of life, in the middle of our own mess and our own sin, there is an untouchable hope. Because Jesus is risen from the dead, that means everything he said was true. Because Jesus is risen from the dead, that means everything he did was true. And if Jesus is risen from the dead and we say he is risen then he is our substitute who sets us free so that we can have and become the righteousness of God. Easter changes everything. Let's pray together and then we get to sing our final song together. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you for the reality of the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. And we see this morning that the resurrection changes everything. It means that we can belong to you. It means that Jesus died for our sin and became sin for us. It means that we can be the righteousness of God. It means that we can have an untouchable hope and it means that the burden of guilt can be lifted forever. 
Lord, we want to bask in that illuminating truth this morning. We take joy in and we celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is risen, that Jesus is resurrected and the tomb is empty. And we're praying in Jesus' name because we can. Amen.